0: Today, we're talking about what to do when social media starts to feel more draining than life-giving. And for this episode, my dear friend Mari is hopping back into the host chair to interview me. I'm so excited for this episode because I will be the very first to admit that my relationship with social media hasn't always been healthy or positive. For years, this thing that should have left me feeling connected and inspired instead left me feeling anxious and had me questioning my worth. Now, a few years ago, I realized that if I wanted to continue to enjoy social media apps, I needed to make some really big changes and set some boundaries. And that's exactly what I did. In this conversation, I'll be sharing what those boundaries are and why it's so critical that we take responsibility for our digital health. We'll talk about how to overcome comparison on social media. We'll talk about how much time we're actually spending on these apps and what we could be spending our energy on instead and so much more. Friends, this conversation really is a heart-to-heart about this thing that takes up so much time and energy in our lives, and I'm so happy we get to talk through this together. But before we dive in, as you may have heard, our brand new shop is officially here and live and ready to go, and I'm so excited about it. It has a collection of gifts and resources and gear specifically designed for our Girls' Night community. I've been working so hard on these things behind the scenes for months, and I am just over the moon about getting to share them with you especially now that the holidays are here. I've put together a whole collection of gifts like sweatshirts and mugs and keychains that are perfect to get for your girlfriends or for yourself, and they're all designed to remind you of who you are, who God is, and that we're all in this together. One thing I wanted to tell you about specifically is our collection of brand new Girls' Night sweatshirts. They're a way to rep the Girls' Night community as well as a celebration of the total magic that happens when we gather together as girlfriends. Also, they're so soft. I've been wearing mine nonstop for months now. There are so many fun new items in the shop, and so make sure you go check them out. The website is stephaniemaywilson.com. And I wanted to give you guys a heads up that the Christmas shipping deadline is coming up here just in a few days. And so if there's something that you're wanting to get before Christmas, make sure to place your order ASAP. Okay, now without any further ado, here's my conversation with Mari. friends. I'm so excited about this conversation. I'm sitting here with my real-life friend, mm-hmm. Mariko Clark, or Mari as we call her. Mm-hmm. Mari, welcome back to Girls' Night. Thank you. I'm happy to be here in the closet. In the closet. Mari uh, has become kind of my unofficial co-host of Girls' Night or like my stand-in. Like mm. if, if I am like on vacation or something, Mari, I'm just going to call you and you're just going to sit in my chair because you're just our, you're our person. I love it. I'm um, happy to do it. So you are actually, actually taking over the host chair today mm-hmm. and you are interviewing me. Cause this yeah. is something that I've, our topic for today is something that I've learned a lot about and wrestled with a lot. And so, um, it's something I really want to be able to talk about with our community, but before we dive in and before you take over, uh, I say it with like a tiny bit of nerves in my stomach. <laughs> Tell us just who you are and what you do so people who haven't met you before have some like context.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, as Steph said, I'm Mar, you can call me Mari, but um, my full name, Mari Co. Clark, is where some of you know me from social media. I'm a writer, I'm a reader, I'm a podcaster, I'm a mom. Um, I live here in Nashville. So, Steph and I are real life friends, and I'm excited to take over today.
0: (laughs) Mari has a million amazing things that she's doing she's the host of a podcast called the pause Mm -hmm. she has a new book coming out called the book of belonging and we will link to all of her stuff and also we have another episode this season I think it will have come out by now but I'm not totally sure where Mari's telling us all about the book it it's an incredible episode and so
1: we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes oh perfect yeah thank you um okay Mar. okay so I'm gonna jump in the host chair all right let's do this so since you always ask everyone else this who are you? What do you do? And what is a fun fact? Okay, so
0: I'm Stephanie May Wilson, and I'm an author and a podcaster and a speaker. And um, my heart is to help twenty and thirty something women navigate their most important relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that's their relationships with God, their friends, their significant others, and their relationships with themselves. Mm-hmm. There are other important relationships as well, but those are the ones that we talk about here. Yeah. And okay, a fun fact. So I don't know if I've talked about this really at all on the show. And okay. I don't know if I've told you this story. So it's not really a fun fact. It's more like the most embarrassing moment of my life. Yes. Probably. That's even better. <laughs> okay, um, Let's so, get into it. So to give a little bit of background, I was in a sorority in college mm-hmm. and the process of getting into a sorority is kind of confusing and weird and unique. Okay. And I feel like you need to understand that in, in order to understand like in order to understand how embarrassing this moment was. Okay. I don't know anything about sororities, so walk us through it. Okay. So there's a process called recruitment. It's also known as Rush. And that's where you figure out what sorority you want to be in. Okay. And it's kind of this mutual selection process. So you're going around and touring all these different sororities. Meanwhile, the sorority is talking to all the girls who are touring, and you're sort of like, narrowing it down together. So okay. the girls who are at uh, the sororities are saying, we think this person would be a really good fit. This this person would be a really good fit. And you, as the person going through recruitment, are saying, I'd really like to be in this sorority. I'd really like to be in this sorority. And so over a period of several days, each day you tour a number of houses. And okay. then each day that number gets smaller. So okay. it's like the the you're narrowing in. And so what it looks like to tour these different houses is you dress up in your cutest outfit And the tricky part about this was when I went through recruitment, it was uh, like in the dead of winter. Okay. And so in Colorado. So we had our like really cute outfits, but we also had basically like snow pants and snow boots (laughs) and hats and all these things because we were tromping around and you walk from house to house. Oh, yeah. And it's you're like kind of crossing across campus like through the snow. So you have your cute outfit on, but you're like snow pants on over it. And then you walk into this beautiful mansion. Because all the houses I mean they 89 girls lived in mine. Um, so you walk into this beautiful mansion and then in like the foyer, you're taking off all of your snow pants and like yes. getting ready. but you know how when you walk outside in the cold and then you walk inside, you're like instantly sweaty yes so you're like instantly sweaty and you're trying to look cute you're about to basically have like a daytime cocktail list cocktail party with a bunch of girls you don't know that you're trying to impress and so we're taking off our snow pants and like leaving them in like heaps in the foyer and then we walk in and and the the afternoon is kind of a combination of like a performance, like they kind of they're showing you with their sororities. Like there's lots of like clapping and chanting and <laughs> okay. cheering and stuff. And then you are talking to different girls, having just kind of speed dating essentially. Okay. And so it's really intimidating. It's really high pressure. It's also exhausting because you you really are doing like four days of cocktail parties in a row. Yeah. I'm making it sound kind of like The Bachelorette, but like that's not <laughs> wrong. It's um, not wrong. It's not wrong. But it's fun. It's 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 fun. So there were a couple houses that I went to that I felt really comfortable in and I ended up joining one of them, but there were a couple that were really cool that I kind of wanted to be in, but I also didn't really feel very comfortable there. Okay. Like they were too cool. Yeah. They were too cool. And so I went into one of them and it was one of the last days. So I was a little more comfortable, but still like, you know, putting my best foot forward. And there were, uh, I walk into this house and I'm like not feeling super good. Like I, like you might be sick. Like I might be sick. Oh, no. Um, I think that I'd been feeling sick the night before. I didn't eat any breakfast because I was like, I don't want to throw up in oh, one of these sororities. No. I just was not feeling very good. And but I'm on like my best behavior. I have my best foot forward, I know. you know, I've just been dropping <laughs> through the snow, whatever. And so I'm wearing my best outfit and I'm like being my most charming and funny and fun self. And I'm in the most intimidating sorority on campus talking to a girl when all of a sudden I just start to feel really, really woozy. Oh, no. And I ask her, like, "Um, where's the bathroom? But I didn't get through the word bathroom before that's it. Lights out. You Uh, passed out? I totally passed (gasps) out. The next thing I know, this is, I think, the only time I've ever passed out in my life. Oh, my goodness. I've never passed out. So you just woke up on the ground. I woke up on the ground, but not just on the ground. No. I woke up, and I look up. And part of the thing about sorority recruitment is that everyone wears the same outfit. Like, if you're in the sorority, you wear the same outfit as each other. Oh, okay. So I look up, and there's a ring of, like, probably 50 intimidating girls (gasps) standing around me in a circle, and they're all wearing matching pink heels and matching pink tops and matching jeans. And I look up, and like that is what's surrounding me as I'm laying here on the floor trying to be impressive in the sorority recruitment.
1: That sounds like something from uh, like a really specific horror movie. Uh huh. Yeah. And then they killed, no, I'm yeah, yeah. scared. <laughs> uh, it, it was like truly, uh,
0: and I had to skip the, la- the rest of the couple of days. So I, I didn't know if I was going to get in when I ended up like. I guess things had gone well the first couple of days, and but anyway, I was forever like people remembered years later the, the girl, girl that passed, passed out. out, yeah, and it was me. Oh, was me.
1: yeah, somewhere, somewhere in a different recording studio, somewhere in America, there's a girl telling a story about. She was uh, talking to a, a girl or whatever and you she call She passed, passed out right in
0: front of me. And I tried to catch her and I couldn't. And she exactly. fell on the ground. Yeah. I have no, like, she probably did. She probably, like, yeah. you know, kind of barely Or she's her. like,
1: I just let her fall. She wasn't, she wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She wasn't going to get in anyways. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was a trust fall and I just was like, I'm just going <laughs> to let her go. Yep. So um, I passed oh, out no. in the most intimidating sorority house on campus. What did you do when you got up? Did you just run out? Like that's it? Bye. Bye. Um, they were actually really nice to me, and they like got me some water and got me some food and stuff. And and so that actually, it's funny because in this is sort of a weird friendship moment. I didn't connect, but in friendships, I've I've seen that like the messier we are, kind of the quicker the deeper your friendship goes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so actually the fact that I passed out, like my conversations afterwards were so much better and it's like everyone could kind of relax. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So I can see that. I didn't want to take one for the team that way, but I, I did. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had actually like a better time the rest of the time I was there. Oh, that actually I makes sense. fallen on the floor and been unconscious for a minute. Oh, little baby stuff. Yeah. That was really
1: embarrassing, but turned out okay. That was a good, that was a good fun fact. Yep. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Okay, should we dive into the the meat of our conversation? Let's do it. Okay. So, Steph, how is your relationship with social media right now? And has it always been the way that it is now? So, my relationship with social media
0: is pretty good these days. You know, when people talk about like comparison or like feeling kind of like addicted to your phone or different mm-hmm. things, I don't I don't feel those things these days which is you keep really, saying these days though. yes yeah. these days I didn't used to feel that way I used to really struggle with social media there are a couple I mean there have been times where like a whole bunch of people have unfollowed me all at once and like mm. that's the most discouraging thing ever yes. um there have been times where I've been really focused on like who is following me and who's not following me and like watching that ebb and flow and it's kind of like I don't know if you're watching this scale really closely mm. how you wake up and it's like you get on the scale and you're you know a quarter pound heavier for whatever reason and it just like wrecks your day yeah that's a sucky place to be in yeah um, that's a sucky headspace to be in and it's the same with like watching your followers or who you know who's following you it's like your whole day can just shift in just a moment and you have nothing to do with it. So there've def- definitely been long times or long like seasons where I've been like that, but um I think that the hardest part of of social media for me was when um there was a day where I can, and I can't remember if I've shared this on the show, but Carl and I were like laying in bed and we had just woken up and I'm on my phone and I'm scrolling and I'm just feeling like sick to my stomach as I'm scrolling through all these different people's posts and i was trying to post good things online and i was trying to you know show up well but i was feeling so discouraged and just like it felt like my like com- uh, comparison was just eating me alive yeah and carl started to ask me questions about it and he was like why are why is this bothering you so much and i just kept saying like i'm not measuring up i'm not measuring up and he's like well like like who who are you comparing yourself to And I mentioned this girl and I'm like, well, she's in like such good shape and she works out so Mm -hmm. much and she eats so well. And like, you know, she, look at how she looks and I don't, I don't look like that. And then there's this person and she makes like these incredible meals and like, I don't know how to cook and like nothing I make looks like that. And this girl's house is so great and like, it's so well decorated and, Mm -hmm. and this girl dresses so well. And this girl has this amazing stuff going on in her career. And, and I just was like, I'm failing in all these ways And Carl stopped me and he was like, okay, think through what you just said. He was Mm -hmm. like, this girl's good at working out. This girl is good at cooking. This girl has a beautiful house. This girl's good at, you know, dressing herself. And he was like, you're comparing yourself to not just these individual girls, because the girl who's good at working out may be a terrible cook. Yeah. Or like the girl who has a really cute house may not be able to dress herself to save her life. Yeah. But you're combining all of these people into this one like superwoman. Whoa, and yeah. And you're falling short of her because no one can be her. Like you cannot be a chef and an interior designer and a workout pro. And uh, you can't, no person can be that good at all those things all at once. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're comparing yourself to, to that person that doesn't exist. Yeah. And he was really right. And, and I think that a lot of times we talk about there's like a combination of how we think about social media. One, it's just part of our life. So it's, it's something that we all are engaging with just on a regular basis. And then there's a part of us when we talk about social media as a thing, you know, my, my relationship with social media has been, it's been really hard in the past. And I definitely wanted to talk about this today and here on the show, because I know that I'm not the only one who feels that way.
1: Yep. And it's hard because it's part of your job too. So it's like, I feel like for you, even more than some of, some of us who don't use it as frequently as you do for work, like you have had to put boundaries in place. Um, I feel like you're sort of a few steps ahead of a lot of us and we get to like step in your footprints in the snow. Mm -hmm. Um, but because you've had to, because of work and life and all that. Um, so I feel like you have become this huge advocate for taking charge of our digital health. So why is that? Why is that so critical and what's at stake? Like, why is this becoming something that you want to talk about more? Yeah. I think there's part of us that feels like social media is no big deal. Mm-hmm.
0: Like we, it's just something that we do when we're kind of it's it's a mindless part of our life in a lot of ways. And then also we know that there are people who are coming out with studies that are like, this is really bad for you. This mm-hmm. is really like this is addictive. This is leading to all kinds of things. So we have we have kind of those things in each hand. One on one hand, it's a mindless no big deal part of our lives that we just don't really spend a whole lot of time thinking about. Yeah. On some level, we know that there's some like big ramifications to it, but it's kind of like before, it's probably like when the first studies about smoking came out. It's like everyone smoked all the time like on (laughs) airplanes and everyone was like, no, it's no big deal. It's just part of our life. And there started to be studies that were like, no, actually, this is really horrible for you. And I think that there's a time before the two connect. Yeah. But I think for me, The two connected like a long time ago Mm -hmm. where, I I mean, I didn't know the results of studies or, you know, trends or anything like that. I just started to see that this thing that was supposed to be mindless and no big deal was actually really impacting me in a really real way. Um, It was impacting the way that I see myself. It was impacting the way that I show up in the world. It was impacting the way that I spend my time it was really consuming my thoughts mm-hmm. instead of me consuming content on social media. Like social media was consuming me. Oh yeah. That's intense. And, and, um, the reason that I've been wanting to talk about this is because in our heads, it may be like, this is like not that big of a deal. It's just, it's kind of, it's so kind of a mindless thing, but I think our hearts are telling a different story. Mm. I think that the way that we are feeling about ourselves or the way that we feel when we're scrolling or, you know, whatever mm. it's, I think we know on some level, like, this is like, I hurt. Yeah. This is like, something hurts in me sometimes. And, and we may not have, we may not totally make the connection of why or how or like what's causing, you know, w- w- like what we've seen that then sends us kind of on a tailspin. But I think that our hearts know that like something is hurting here.
1: Yeah, or even I feel like, you're, I feel like you're a little more connected to your body than I am. So when I hear hurt, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel that way. But I think that, um, like hurt can manifest in a lot of different ways. Like I'm lonely or like, this feels empty or like, I thought this would fill my tank and it feels like maybe it, my energy took a dip Yeah. or, um, like, I think it can show up in a lot of different ways that we don't recognize. It's like, no, you're, yeah, you're, your heart is crying out for For you to stop. Or like Like asking you to slow down a bit. Or like I didn't feel left out, but now
0: but I saw something and now I feel really left out. Or like I didn't feel like I was failing, but I don't know. Now all of a sudden I feel like I'm totally failing. And I I just started to make this connection in my own life where I'd be like, why do I feel left out right now? Oh, because I saw people hanging out without me on social media. Or like, why do I feel like my work sucks and like nothing I do is good? Oh, I think it's because I saw someone. Post this thing on social media, and I just started to kind of connect these lines from what I was seeing to how I was feeling, yeah, and was and started seeing those things make like a really big dent in in my life and my behavior and the way that I felt about myself and my life.
1: Does that make sense? It totally does, and it reminded me of this is like taking it on a deeper level. Surprise, surprise! I was listening to this podcast; they were kind of going through the story of the Garden of Eden, and he. The guy who was teaching was was honing in on this this portion of the story that I had never noticed before. And it's when um after they eat of the fruit and all of that happens, um, and they cover themselves because they're ashamed, it says that like God's walking through the garden looking for them, and then he said they say, like, we hid because we were naked and ashamed. And the first thing that God said is like, Who told you that you were naked? Mm. And so this this pastor, this rabbi who was teaching about it is saying. Like, that's the question that we, God asks us. And that's at the root of sin. And that's at the root of repentance in our life is we need to be so cautious and so discerning about the voices we allow in our life that, that negate who God says we are. Cause like when God made them naked, they were good. He's like, made you, you're naked. That's good. So who told you that that wasn't good? So like, what voices are we allowing in our life, even passively, that who told you that that wasn't good? Who told you that you weren't good yeah. at at whatever it is? Who told you that your job's not enough? Who told you that you're working out sucks? Who told you that not being able to cook has some sort of measure of your worth or your yeah. identity? Like when we allow those, like, it's just this, I think we can think of it, like you said, as like, oh, it's just like an entertainment thing, but it's not, it's social. And it's like, it's we're social beings. And when we allow being social to like passively dictate our thoughts and that's what happens while we're scrolling is it's like it's so subconscious yeah but then we allow these lies to sneak in that's like who told you that that wasn't okay stuff? and you're like I don't know like why do I all of a sudden feel this way why yeah. do I all of a sudden feel inadequate and I think we're all starting to and you're you're sort of leading the charge on this like we're drawing those lines of like oh that's why Oh, it's this thing I'm holding in my hand that's telling me that. Yes. And I'm allowing it. Yes. And that's the thing about allowing it is so real. And
0: part of the reason that I've been wanting to talk about this is because no one can do this for us. Yes. It's like no one can take your phone from you and be like, hey, stop following this account or, you know, put your phone away or whatever. We don't have that kind of accountability. And there are so many it, it, there used to be so many less sources to get information from, mm-hmm. and so you could, like, not watch that show or not watch whatever, and you, you were able to, to put blinders on more easily. Yeah. There is so much information out there now, and there are yeah. so many people to follow, and our phones are right in our hands all the time. Yeah. Like, when we are going to bed at night or first thing in the morning or when we're going to the bathroom or something, I mean— yeah. Our phones join us in the most tender, unguarded moments of our lives. And there are so many people who speak to us through our phones. Yeah. It's no wonder that we, like, there are people you don't need to be talking to you first thing in the morning or while you're, like, literally going to the bathroom. Yeah. But there's not anyone to stop it except for us. Yeah. And that's like, It's a really tricky thing to to start paying more attention and to start drawing some boundaries. But I think it's really important because that's the thing that's changed social media for me Mm -hmm. to where it doesn't consume me anymore. It's something that I, like, consume and enjoy most of the time. But when I'm not enjoying it or when it's not good for my heart, I'm able to put it away. But it didn't
1: always used to be that way. Well, and it sounds like you started with just sort of being aware of, like, okay, this is not a healthy... Like my, my boundaries around this aren't healthy. And so like, as, as we're looking to move towards that, like, I think all of us would love to say, like, it doesn't consume me. If that's the first step, what are some questions that we can start asking ourselves to sort of gauge our digital health? Yeah.
0: So I think one thing too, I think just really paying attention a little bit more just makes a really big difference. Paying attention and knowing that you can make a change if you need to. Yeah. Like That's what it comes down to. If something is not sitting right or something is not building you up, like recognizing that and then doing something about it. Because yeah. as easy as it is to consume information on something like social media, it's also equally as easy. We just kind of forget about it to stop. Yeah. Like unfollow is a really, is as easy of a button to push as follow is. Yeah. But we just kind of forget that we have that power. Yeah. And so some of the questions that I've been asking myself like over the last couple of years are, one is like, what am I looking for here? Like when I open my phone, what am I looking for? Am I looking for entertainment or am mm-hmm. I looking for validation or am I looking for connection? Mm-hmm. Some of those things are are okay things to look for. Some of those things are like a little more red flaggy or like orange flaggy, you okay, know, where it's yeah, like orange. <laughs> or, an orange flag where it's like, if I'm looking for... It, it's, it's not that you're doing something wrong. It's just that what you're looking for, you're not going to find it here. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for validation, it's like going to, it's like eating something like gum when you're mm-hmm. really hungry. Yeah. Like you, it's going to give you something to chew on, but it's not actually going to make you feel any better. Yep. And and that's, in, in fact, like as you're eating it, you're just going to get continuously more hungry. Yeah, And so that's just paying attention to what you're looking for. And, and if, you're going to get what you're looking for by opening your phone. Yeah. Another thing, and this has really been the biggest one for me, is how does this make me feel? Yeah. And and you can think through, like, platform-wise, like, you know, I feel pretty good when I'm on Pinterest. It gives mm-hmm. me ideas. It, like, you know, noth- it doesn't, like, tweak anything weird in me. Facebook is a different story because, I mean, I think a lot of us have experienced this. I feel like most, like, political fights mm-hmm. between like you and your great aunt that you wouldn't talk to, <laughs> yeah. except for now she pops up on your feed or whatever. It's happening on Facebook. And yeah. so I don't go on Facebook hardly ever anymore. Yeah. Twitter is has never really been my thing. So I just haven't been on it for years. Yeah. Instagram, I enjoy sometimes most of the time, but not always. And so yeah. just like asking yourself questions like that. And then also asking yourself questions like, how do I feel when this person's content pops up? Mm-hmm. Or how do I feel when posts like this pop up? Yeah. Um, Because I just, I think, I don't know if this ever happens to you or to you guys, but it's like all of a sudden you're in a bad mood and you're like, what happened? Yeah. Like nothing happened. Everyone's just normal. Yeah. All of a sudden you feel small or you feel insecure or you feel angry or something. And you're like, what happened? It's usually for me, as I've been like tracing it back, it's a thought. It's like some thought or something kind of triggered a thought in my, in my mind. Yeah. And a lot of times it's social media. So it's like, why do I all of a sudden feel like I have no friends and no one likes me? Like, yeah oh, it's because I saw this post 20 minutes ago and it's just kind of been sitting in my head ever since. And so
1: just like asking yourself how you feel. Another thing is, uh, wait, can I jump in there? So I feel like for you and me having this conversation, I'm curious, um, other people like you and I are both feelers. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like we're both fairly empathetic. And like, I've, I've realized that that's a big thing for me on social media is like, I, without realizing it, absorb the energy of whoever, like if someone's posting this like really angry rant about something and it's not even something that I care about or even agree with, but then I'll find myself all crunched up and angry. And I'm like, why do I feel angry? I was having a great day. And I've realized like, I've had to set boundaries about like how permeable I allow myself to feel. And I think that especially for those of us who like want to stay informed about things, you're like, well, I don't want to block myself off from information. Like I want to know what's going on in the world. It's like, yeah, but like you can do that in many different ways without like still allowing all of these voices in your life that you're like, well, they they have something to say about this. Like, well, so do a lot of people. And like, also you don't need to get it from Instagram. You could get it from any of these other measured sources. I think that was a big one for me is like, oh, okay, so I'm just like a little more permeable emotionally. So if there's someone that I don't think has great boundaries around their emotions and they're kind of throwing them across the internet for everyone else to process, then like, that's something for me to be aware of too. It's like, yes. But here, also on the on the flip side, the good thing about social media is like there's certain accounts that I follow where I'm like, they always have such a joyful perspective. Not that everything has to be happy, happy, happy all the time. Or like they're going through this hardship and they have such wisdom about it. I think that then I realize like that, um, like empathy, that feeler that we have, like that can be, we can harness that in a really positive way too. And then there's people whose voices that I actively seek out that I'm like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. They're sort of modeling this balanced perspective for me. They're like working through this in a way that's really thoughtful and important, but they're not just like throwing out their negative feelings just to like have other people join them in their misery type of thing.
0: Yes. And I think, you know, there are different, like one of the other things I've been thinking about is kind of what's your personality and what's your social media personality? Mm -hmm. Because just because something impacts me doesn't mean it impacts everybody. And like Carl is a great example, he just has a really different personality than I do, and he's not really a feeler. Mm -hmm. And so he's able to follow, like, he probably follows, I don't know, four times as many people as I do, Mm -hmm. or six times, like just a lot more people than I do. And he's able to glance at photos and read captions and stuff without them crossing into his emotions or without Mm -hmm. him, without them, like, sending his feelings or his day in a different direction. Yeah, I am not that way. Mm -hmm. And so he is able, yeah, like just knowing kind of who you are. And that's something that I've been learning is like, while he can follow a whole bunch of people and it doesn't bother him, I'm not the same way. Mm -hmm. And so either I can like put up really hard emotional boundaries, which is kind of hard and exhausting, yes, or I can just unfollow a bunch of people so that the only people that I'm following are people that I want to let Talk to me in unguarded moments. Yeah. You know.
1: Or or mute. I feel like mute is such a mute. a tool that I have learned. Like, oh, that's actually really helpful. Cause I feel like as silly as it is, um, the unfollow is sometimes seen as like a slap in the face mm-hmm. by certain people. But the mute is like, okay, you can set up your own boundaries without necessarily like or possibly hurting of someone's feelings. Sense. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The mute is such a big
0: deal. And I, I've also found that the mute is good for different seasons. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we're tender about things in different, we're differently tender in different times. Yeah. So when Carla and I were trying to get pregnant and it just was not going Mm -hmm. well, I muted most of the people who were pregnant that I knew or were talking about parenting things. Or Mm -hmm. like when I was, you know, I I guess I don't think the mute button was around when I was really single because it's kind of a new thing. Yeah. But when I was really single and feeling really, really frustrated and discouraged by my relationship status, following every detail of everyone's wedding plans, like didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't need to say like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Exactly. You know, a mute button is a really great thing for that. But then you can unmute too, yes. which is which is a, a good thing to remember. You're not like silencing someone forever exactly. or ending yeah. a relationship. Yeah. You're just kind of being aware of what you need when yeah. and giving yourself that thing.
1: Yeah. I totally agree. And that's, it's a healthy thing. It's not, I feel like sometimes we're like, well, that's selfish. No, it's not It's healthy. Yeah. Like you're going to be able to be a better friend. You're going to be able to show up in that person's life if you choose to in, in a much more authentic way. If you're allowing yourself to, to take in what they have to say on your own time. Yes. That's, I think the thing is like taking in what someone has to say
0: when you want to, when and how you want to. Mm -hmm. And That like that really is the biggest thing. the the hard the time when social media gets really hard is when people are saying things that you that aren't good for you to hear or aren't good for you to hear in that particular moment. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when you follow an ex boyfriend on Facebook or something like that. It's a post from him can pop up whenever. Yeah. It it doesn't ask your permission. Yeah. It doesn't tell you, it doesn't give you a heads up. It doesn't like ask you if this is a good time to pop up in your life. It yeah. just interrupts your day and sends you in this whole direction that you didn't want to go in or that like wasn't good for your heart. And that happens with everybody yeah. we follow. And so I think that that's the kind of the key and the thing that's been so game-changing for me is just... Knowing that I have the authority to decide who gets to talk to me mm-hmm. and how and when, yeah, um, and so part of that's been, you know, filtering what kind of voices I want to let into my life and my brain, and then also deciding, you know, first thing in the morning, as much as it's really, really easy to pick up my phone and scroll, mm-hmm. I literally just woke up, yeah. like I'm in bed, I'm I'm as unguarded as I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And just like I wouldn't invite some of these, maybe harsher voices or whatever, whatever the kind of messages, I
1: wouldn't invite them into my bed with me. Yeah, so I'm not going to invite them into this moment with me either. That's a really good boundary. It makes me think of my friend Britt has this analogy that she uses where she's like, "You've got your like she has different categories for people. So she's like, you have your bedroom people. You usually have one bedroom person. Carl's your bedroom person." <laughs> So that's the person that you let into your most intimate moments. That's your person. That's your safe person. Then you've got living room people. Those mm-hmm. are the people that like are always welcome on your couch that like they make you feel safe. They make you feel held. They know the the grungy sweatpants version of you. Then you've got porch people. And those are your people that like they come over with permission. They have a quick conversation and then you could invite them in, but often you kind of like, they go on their way and that's fine. And then there's sidewalk people where you wave and that's good. And so she's like, it's important to put people in these categories, not to be selfish and not to be mean, but because that's what you do in real life. So in social media, that's important too, that like, if you were having a conversation with someone in person in person, and they noticed that you started to like, they you know, could see that you're from your body language that you were uncomfortable, they would stop talking about what they're talking about. But we don't have that that sort of like in the moment access on social media. And so we have to set these boundaries up on our own to give people, um, because we can't give people that indicator in person, we have to just sort of sidestep an uncomfortable situation on our own. And sometimes the best way to do that is to sort sort of sort people out. And like, if someone's a sidewalk person, probably don't need to follow them at all if someone's your porch person, like maybe you have them on mute or like only have their stories on. If someone is like your living room person, like that's who you follow. But also like, sometimes you're like, Hey guys, I'm super tired. Can you go If <laughs> you yeah. have people over your house? You're yes. like, I got kids. I got to get up early with them. Get out of here. Yep. Um, in your living room, people understand that and are like, Hey, yeah, bye. So I think that that's like, that's true. It's like first thing in the morning, you're not going to be like, Hey, person out on the sidewalk, could you get in here? Like, I have something to talk to you about. You would never do that. So why would you do that with social media? And like, oh, here's a stranger I haven't seen since middle school. I'm going to invite them into my bedroom. Yeah. That would never happen.
0: Like, no wonder we feel weird, right? No wonder we feel weird. Mm -hmm. Like, we're having people in our most intimate spaces that are talking about whatever. Like, it's like, You know, you have a friend from high school who you're not really close to anymore, but she's always kind of that girl that seemed to do everything right and seemed Mm -hmm. to have everything put together in her life. And you've been single for a long time and like, it's frustrating and hard and painful. And she gets engaged right in the middle of all this. And because you're not talking to her in person, she doesn't have the like... Understanding of what you're going through, period. Mm -hmm. Also, she can't watch your body language to Mm -hmm. know that every time she posts about like her flowers or her cake or whatever, it like hurts your heart or makes you feel something.
1: There's just not that in person vibe. Yeah,
0: she can't. She has no idea what's going on in your life, Mm -hmm. and then she has no idea how what she's saying is impacting you. And so she's just saying it, Mm -hmm. and because you're on your phone, she's saying it to you as you're falling asleep at night, like, no wonder we feel crappy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's because it's social media, it's not, it's not on her necessarily to stop posting. Although there's, there's a responsibility to that about like, what are you sharing and why are you sharing it? You know, when we're about to post something, we need to be cognizant of what we're, again, what we're looking for, what we're trying to accomplish and like, Sometimes a lot of times I think we're posting out of like not it's easy to post out of not the best place. Yeah. But that's on her. Mm-hmm. Like in this moment, what we can control is whether we say yes to to listening to whatever she has to say totally. either period or in that moment. Yeah. Um, but when we forget it's just really hard to remember that we have that authority and that agency. Yeah. But realizing that I have the authority to be like, no, 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 like you cannot come in and speak to me yeah. either period or right now, just has helped in ways that I think,
1: like, I just can't overstate how much that's helped my just general state of being. It's true. And it's like, it's so, it's so funny when we remember, we're like, oh wait, that's on me. I heard this comedian talking about this very thing the other day. And he said like, a lot of social media is just, if we could put it in a real life situation, it's like, you know, people in, you see that there's a bulletin board in this like downtown like square area and someone posted um, about dog walking and there's like the little thing that you can rip off Mm -hmm. for dog walking, or like guitar lessons. I think it was like guitar lessons with their little phone number rip off thing. And it's like a lot of social media is like walking over to that, ripping off one of those numbers, and being like, "I don't want guitar lessons." <laughs> like, you didn't have to walk. Up. Like it's just over there. You choose to approach. You chose to approach it. You used to. T- you chose to take the number. You chose to read it, and then you became enraged. It's like. And he was kind of joking about like trolls on Twitter and stuff, but it's so true that like we forget that we're like, I don't have to even go over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have to read it. I don't even have to pull this thing into my hand to get a closer look. Yep. And I certainly like don't deserve to be like, have all these like negative feelings about it when like it was within my control all along. <laughs> to just let that person teach guitar lessons <laughs> yeah, separately. Like, from what's me. over there? I don't care. Just yeah. keep walking. <laughs> yeah. I
0: focus on something else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Use as directed. Claritin. thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls' Night. We love having you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay. So what are some other boundaries that we could put in place sort of like that thing um, so that we're not feeling controlled by our social media platforms? Yeah. So one of them that I want to make sure to mention,
0: this is this is what I did when I went from, like, feeling really consumed by social media to to feeling like I had some power back, um, and it's this thing that I made up, and it's called the tall and small filter. And so I went through everyone that I followed, mm-hmm. and I asked myself, like, it's kind of, I, do you know who Marie Kondo is?
1: Yes. Okay. Oh, kind of. Do you know a, that her name is Mariko?
0: No. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's the coolest mm-hmm. thing! I didn't know. Yeah. So yeah, Marie Kondo or Mariko, mm-hmm. uh, she, some of her stuff like makes me laugh. Like I haven't like thanked my purses for their service to oh, today yeah. or something yeah. like that, but I love her thing about holding something in your hand and asking if it sparks joy or not. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I did with my, with everyone that I was following online. I looked at their profile, you know, in the little list. And I said, when I see this person's posts, cur- you know, cross my path, does it make me feel tall? Or does it make me feel small? Like, does it make mm-hmm. me feel better and optimistic and confident and hopeful about the world? Or does it make me feel not anything small, insecure, like annoyed, frustrated, mm-hmm. whatever? And I didn't give myself a middle ground. I didn't let anyone be neutral because how many, like, there are how many billion people on social mm-hmm. media? There just is too much information you gotta out there. Yeah, draw a line somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to draw a line somewhere, and mm-hmm. so it was either tall or bust for me. Yeah, and so I went through, and I I had to be really honest. And if there were people that it was like, actually, this person makes me feel small, but I don't think that I can actually unfollow them or whatever. It's mute yeah. for that. Yeah, mute all the way. Um, but I really did. I like ruthlessly unfollowed just tons and tons of people, or muted a ton of people, so that the only people talking to me was a really small group. Or people who just made me feel like the world was good and I was going to be okay. Because that's ultimately how I want to feel when I pick up my phone. And that's different for different people. Some yeah. people want to be informed or challenged or whatever. Like, I think we have to ask ourselves what we want to experience, what we want to come from our time on social media. But if but everyone who you follow has to align with that yeah. um, in order for that to be the case. And so that was just a huge thing that I did. I did a ruthless unfollow.
1: I love that. Of, tall
0: or small. Yeah, tall or small of thousands of people. And it just, it helped tremendously. I didn't have
1: a, a pit in my stomach when I would open the app anymore. Because you never know what you're going to stumble on. But like now you do in, yeah, in, for the most part. And I think one thing to, that's important too, um an important distinction to make is like, we're, you're not just talking about surrounding yourself by yes people. You don't no. want people who are like, Steph, you're the best. No, no, no. I think what's in, like an important filter for me is like, does this person acknowledge the image of God in me? Does this person reflect the image of God back to me that like, Even if like the image of God isn't always like, I'm the best person in the world. It's like, um, the fruit of the spirit. Like, and sometimes it's like self-control. Does this person model self-control for me? Does this person model joy for me? Like, does it spark joy type of thing? Does this person see that like, even when things are hard, I'm held and loved like that. It's not just like, does this person tell me that I'm pretty, but like, does this person keep me on the path of like seeking out the, the, the heart of God and what God says about me and what God says about himself. And like, sometimes that is someone that's like, has a lot of political posts, but is like a peacemaker and is, is seeking um, the, the, the kingdom of God in that. Like, yeah. And I think that's important for me because sometimes I'm like, it doesn't make me feel like rainbows and unicorns, but that's not what I'm looking for in social media. What I'm looking for is growth. And like you said, like, sometimes it's a reassurance, but sometimes it's just like, things are really hard right now. And if they're hard for you, you're not alone. That's not the most positive post in the world. Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite books, Walking on Water, um, Madeline Langle's talking about like, what makes Christian art? What makes not Christian art? And she's like, that's kind of a dumb question. But she borrows, I think, from Leonard Bernstein. And he says that we're all always either creating chaos or cosmos. We're always like with the things that we're making, we're either reflecting the chaos of the world back to it, But Christian art or like what we're supposed to be doing, what brings about the kingdom of God on earth is reflecting or finding the cosmos in the chaos. So like there's people out there that are just like, here's my chaos. Here's the chaos of the world. Did you know it's out there? And it's like, yeah, we all know. Mm -hmm. But like the people that are making the things that are going to like feed our souls are reflecting cosmos, whether it's like, look at this beautiful day, like something like overtly (laughs) positive or if it's someone that's like, like, cosmos isn't always sunshine and rainbow. Sometimes cosmos is like, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important. Like, you're not saying, like, only keep people who tell you you're the best. No, no. You're saying, like, keep what feeds your soul. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's, but also we get to decide, like, what social media is about in our life. Mm-hmm. Like, it really can be, like, for Carl, it's a lot of watching, like, great golf shots or something <laughs> like that. And so it can be that, or it can be the place where you go for recipes or Mm -hmm. it can be a place where you just like get all of your travel like itches scratched you know by getting to see people's travel posts like it doesn't have to be the place where you get your news Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be the place where you get your like encouragement Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the place where you get where your soul is even fed like it can be
1: about whatever you want it to You're right, be. right. Yeah, and that's another important distinction because then I'm thinking about Drew. This is my husband. He he follows like almost none of our friends. He has such a weird relationship with social media. Almost 100% of the, the accounts he follows is just art. He just looks to look at weird art on his phone. So it's like artists who are painting or it's just like people sharing their like, graphic design so i'll be like oh my gosh did you see that so-and-so had their babies i gotta follow them i'm like that's your like one of your best friends <laughs> like that's not what he's there for and it's like he hears from his best friends through texting or marco polo or like yes. calling them on the phone yes but he you know he's in social media for weird art and like good for him like yeah he has a pretty strong boundary on that yeah well and carl like if you follow him he posts like an occasional photo like
0: cool photo from trap like some place we've traveled but it's yeah. not something that would show you like where we stayed or anything yeah, yeah. it's like a weird art installation the airport or something <laughs> totally. like that uh and then he posts photos, sometimes photos of food mm-hmm. and then he also like has kind of a weird fascination with cool bugs and yes, so a lot he of times a lot of bugs. Yeah. Right, yeah so if you follow carl like you're <laughs> never going to see photos of me or the girls or his family or friends or anything cool that we're doing in life like that's just not how he uses it yeah he's going to show you like if he posts it'll be an occasional post about like a weird bug mm-hmm. and So I think that we get to decide, you know, we get to decide what it's, what it's about for us. Um, But I think it's important that we decide. Yeah. Um, And, but yeah, I mean, in general and with social media, if, if you choose to have it be a place that like teaches you and corrects you or inspires you or whatever, like not having all of your voices shouldn't just be. Like I I I love the idea of chaos or cosmos because the people that I'm like I can't I can't follow this or this isn't good for my heart whether it's a book or a magazine or someone on social media or a person in real life like whatever it is is just the world's bad that's it or something I'm like I am that is that thought is in my head enough as it is I need someone who tells me what to do with that or where there's some hope or how I can take action or something like that totally something that I've been doing on social media like in the last couple of years is intentionally following people who look different than mm-hmm. I do because that is a place where we get more of our casual social interaction, mm-hmm. especially during COVID. Yep. Like you just don't see people on the street very much because we're just not on the street very much yep. or like at the water cooler, or like, yeah, you know, whatever yeah. that looks like. Um, and so that's something that we can do too is if if we are needing something more in our life we can look to social media and intentionally follow people who are speaking like this or speaking Mm -hmm. from this perspective or offering this or whatever. So it's like, there's a, there's an element of going away from some of this. Like I already have a lot of that. I don't need more or I don't want that in my life, but also I do want this in my life and I don't have enough people talking about this. So I'm going to follow them on purpose. Yeah.
1: It's like that two-way cultivation for sure. So I feel like we've been sort of like philosophizing about boundaries, but like you have some like actual real life boundaries yeah. that you can suggest.
0: Yeah. I heard someone say this one time, if you're a person that social media is part of your job, like mm-hmm. me and you. Yeah. Something that I heard someone say one time is create before you consume. Mm-hmm. And I really I liked that process because it it is good to share things on social media. It's it's a good and it's necessary if you have a job that necessitates it. Yeah. But thinking about this is a place for me to create. This is not like And I I need to have that in mind first before I just go and scroll. At the end of the day, usually at around five, I put my phone on airplane mode. Mm -hmm. And I do it because at the end, especially in times when I'm like overwhelmed or overloaded or there's just a lot pulling at me, I I need to not be surprised by this text or this Mm -hmm. whatever. I just need to really disconnect. And so that's something that I've been doing for, for quite a while now. Um, I also have all my notifications turned off, mm-hmm. like all of my notifications turned off. Because again, it's like kind of like that ex-boyfriend thing yeah, where it's like, you can just be surprised by a photo of him with his new girlfriend, yeah. you know, or something similar. And and I just don't want to leave that up to chance. I want to yeah. focus on what I want to focus on during my day. Yeah, Something that I've been doing uh, a lot lately or kind of more than airplane mode, I've been keeping my phone on a little bit more lately, but I do have that timer on my phone. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have it on for, uh, the news app I go to most and for Instagram. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it gives me 10 minutes
1: a day, I think. Not bad. Um, Yeah. And and that's incredible. It
0: turns like, it turns off when I, when the time is up and I have to, you have to like ask it. It'll say like, give me 15 more minutes or give me one more minute or whatever. But it it p- makes me pause, at least to be like, "Do I want to keep doing this?" And so that's something I've really been using. And then one more thing is, for the longest time, it was kind of around that time when Carl and I had that conversation about like, I'm comparing myself to everybody. Yeah. I spent a lot of time trying to also curate like or, or like post really good things. And there was this time that I was on vacation with a group of my girlfriends who I never get to see in person, and we were sitting on the beach watching a sunset. And I, instead of watching the sunset, I was taking photos of me and my friends watching the sunset and (laughs) I missed the sunset.
1: Uh, I just totally missed it. such a metaphor. Yeah.
0: Like I really totally missed it. And there are so many moments like that in life that like, especially around that time, there were just so many things that I missed because I was trying to post about it. And so starting then I started this thing where I like, take a I take a photo in the moment and then I post about it later yeah and so there are and sometimes I don't end up posting about it because I just kind of forget but I have so many photos of vacations or you know time with friends or you know of my babies or whatever I love taking photos in the moment but I miss the rest of the moment yeah if I post about it then and so posting later like we don't have to post in real time yeah that's something that I've been thinking about a lot
1: I feel like I sort of stumbled into that boundary. And as you were talking, some of your other boundaries, I'm like, man, she has good self um, control. One thing I've done probably because I can't keep up with some of the boundaries you've put in place. Like when my little reminder comes up, I just like, without even thinking, just put like, I'm good for the rest of the day or whatever. There's one where you're like, no, shut up. I want it. Um, And so I ended up just, I deleted almost every app on my phone or I, Put them on my ipad and this i guess this only works if you have an ipad so that's a privilege but um i put most of the app setting some of them I'm like i don't even need this why do i even have this got rid of those some of them I'm like i would like to have that but i don't need it in my hand all the time yeah um so i put most of my apps on my ipad so on my phone i have like my navigation like i need to have google maps yes. i have like my texting i have my pictures But not having Instagram or anything that I could post on my phone, I end up doing kind of what you're talking about is like, if I area something I take a picture of, I just later on, like when I have my iPad, usually it's like in the evening after I put my kids to bed or something, or when I'm at work sitting at my desk, Yes. then I just like, you know, send the picture over to my iPad and post from there. Yeah. Um, But I feel like it's not only helped me have some more self-control because I didn't through like the... The iPhone was trying to help me and I was like, shut up iPhone. Yeah. But it also made me realize like, oh, this one app that I deleted or that I moved over here, I never actually use like, oh, I don't actually need that. Or like, oh, I'm actually kind of glad that it's out of my reach because now I like almost never use it. Um, So that has been a big one. Or like my husband wants to get, there's this thing called a light phone. Have you heard of this? No. It's basically what I tried to create on my own. It's like, it's a phone. I think it's really expensive, but you get um, photos navigation and text. And that's it. It's basically like a flip phone with a nice camera. It's not a flip phone though, but it's like for people who like, Drew's like, I have zero self-control. I need this. Like, cause I'm like, just delete, just delete your apps. Just do what I did. Put them on iPad. He's like, cause I can still get to them. Cause you can, the iPhone never really deletes them. So he's like, I just download them again. Or like, I just use Safari to get to what I want to. Uh-huh. There's no browser on the light phone. So you can't get to anything. So he really wants that. He's like, that's what I want to invest my money in. But there's options out there if you don't have the self-control for the boundaries that Seth's talking about. I feel like there's these like more nuclear options. That's like, that's also a thing that's well within our control. And like, that's our prerogative to like, to guard our energy. It's like, might have to go to that level. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a thing. Again, when we're talking about, when we're talking about
0: social media, I think it's kind of like self-care. Like self-care yes. we go like oh cool you want to have a bath today like how yeah. indulgent or yeah, whatever yeah. yeah it's important like quote unquote or mm-hmm. whatever it's actually like deeply important and we just crumble without it mm-hmm. but for some reason when we talk about it it's hard to talk about it talk about it with the appropriate gravity yeah, yeah. and I think social media is the same way so okay I did some math yesterday which is not something I say <laughs> very often but you know how your phone I don't know. if my I like never change the settings. So mine just does this, but it tells me what my screen time average uh, is. Oh yeah. And so I think that mine's like, I don't know what it is, but probably three hours a day is probably about normal. And granted, that's three hours a day, including like my phone calls, texts, apps, yeah, like order, work groceries, and, work, uh, yeah. yeah, emails, whatever. But I don't think that three hours a day on social media is unheard of at all. You know, no, like I, I think, think
1: that's low. I was a little surprised when you said that.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty conservative. So, okay, listen to these numbers that I found. There's a chance that my math's a little bit off, but it's pretty close. So if we spend three hours a day on our phones every day, that's 1,009, uh, 1,095 hours a year. And that equals 45.6 days. Oh, what? So my, just—
1: so, Over a month? No, over over a year. So no, I'm saying— sorry. That's more than one month out of the year. You're yes, yes, exactly. So
0: three hours a day, if you spend three hours a day, that's a month and a half of of 24-hour days that you've spent on your phone every year. But think about it. We're asleep for half of those days. Like we're sl- out of out of 20. 20- so it's even
1: worse. <laughs> so if
0: you're talking, if you call a day 12 hours, because that's yeah. like basically how much time you're awake every day. And you spend three hours a day on your phone every day. That's 91 12 hour days each year on social media. So that's the equivalent of three months. One quarter of the year. One quarter of the year the, of your awake time. Of your awake time, yeah. Every year if you're spending three hours a day. And I just, and okay, then this is like terrible. Over 10 years, uh, that is, so this, uh, someone who's good at math is like, yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> but that's 2.5 years out of every 10 years.
1: I'm 34. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> I I don't care about social media
0: that much yeah. to give it that much time. No, thank you. And so I think that that's like, and I guess I guess there. Are, I mean, there are some amazing things that come out of social media. Like I've made really amazing real life friends mm. online, and I love that. I've been encouraged. I've been taught. I've been entertained. Like I swear, memes were the best thing to come out of the whole year that we were on lockdown <laughs> and COVID. Love like memes. they like got us yeah. through. So there are some really wonderful things. There's artists, there's, you know, recipes, there's inspiration. There's all kinds of really, really good things that come out of it. But like recently I wanted to pick out a couple outfits for the girls. Mm -hmm. I don't really shop for them very often, like clothes wise. I don't shop for me very often because most of the time we're in like onesies and sweatpants. Sure. But I wanted to pick out a cute outfit. So I went into this boutique that's really cute, really amazing. And I asked for help picking out these outfits. And so we were laying them out on the counter. And, uh, like, putting them all together. And I wasn't looking at the price tags because I thought, okay, this thing is, like, four inches by four inches. It's like a diaper cover. How much can this possibly be? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then when they checked me out, I got two outfits. And each outfit had a bow. Baby outfits. Baby yeah. outfits. It was $200. No. That is more than I would spend on an outfit for me. on For, like, a really special occasion. An adult body. An adult yeah. body. And that's way more than four <laughs> by four. So, like... I was kicking myself for the rest of the day. And what I could have done was been like, whoa, that's expensive. I'm not buying this. Yeah. Like, that's really embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. And and like, I'd already asked for their help and like, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And so I basically just bit the bullet and was like, great, I'm not spending money for the rest of the month or something. (laughs) But one of my pet peeves is not spending too much money on something. If it's worth it to me, I'm going to do it. My pet peeve is spending too much on something I don't care about. Yes. And so I did not care $200 about those outfits. Yeah at all yeah I don't care 2.5 years out of every 10 years about social media and specific and like especially the things I don't care about at all
1: yeah so that's the thing like if you if out of those 2.5 years if somehow someone could tell you well like Steph 2.3 out of those years was you connecting with your friends and forming deep community and like inspiring and encouraging the girls that look up to you like you'd probably be like oh amazing I think we all know that it's 2.5 years and it's a lot of it is like and mindless scrolling memes catching up on people's (laughs) life that you don't like catching up on people that you don't you're not invested in and who aren't invested in you and I think that's the 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 gut punch there, so yeah. You're like, shoot, I know that's not what it is. Yeah, like, spend wildly on the things that are good
0: and that matter. Yeah, but I think we just have to take the time to decide what's good and what matters. Yeah, and what isn't. Yeah, and I just like that's really truly become like this pet peeve of mine that I've it, it's come up like a bunch lately where I'm like, I don't like an example. Going to bed early is really, really important to me, especially mm-hmm. since the babies were born. Because sure. I, when you don't have sleep for like six months, you like <laughs> really, it's
1: really important it to you. It turns out, then you like it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I went to bed an hour too late a couple nights ago because I was watching something that I didn't care about and yeah. I didn't like what I was watching. Oh, it's a worse feeling. Yeah, and so I got in bed and I was mad at myself because yeah. I was like, this was stupid. I didn't want to watch yeah. that anyway and now I lost an hour of sleep. Yeah. And so it's it's things like that. I want to spend wildly. I want to stay up late and watch something awesome or I want to spend $200 on something that I love, that matters, that will bring me joy for a long time. Yeah. I want to spend 2.5 out of every 10 years doing something that I care about and that yeah. I've thought about in advance. Yeah, But I just don't want to waste any of that. Yeah, And so that's... That's why I started thinking more intentionally about social media and why I've put up some really hard
1: boundaries is because yeah. I just, i just not willing to waste that time. So, because then like when you set up these boundaries, there's a better chance that then like, none of us can absolutely qua- quantify and qualify exactly what those, those hours are spent on. But like the more boundaries you put up, the more likely that that 2.5 years, and it'll probably less time, but that whatever time that your calculation ends up being there's, it's more likely that you're going to be really satisfied with that number. You're going to be like, you know what? Chances are, because I've put up all these boundaries, I know that what was coming onto my screen was something that I wanted. Yeah. So you're going to feel less of that like gut punch regret where you're like, oh no, what a waste. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting older. Yes. Okay. So as far as like these boundaries we're setting up, should we ever just like straight up take breaks from social media? What are your thoughts on that? Like, how do we know when it's time for us to do that? I think one thing that's like kind of a trigger
0: for me, again, just as I've started just being a little more conscious about this thing yeah. that's normally, you know, totally mindless is when I find that I can't help but pick up my phone, mm. you know, it's like you, you pick up your phone and you're, you find yourself deep into someone's post and you're like, when did I pick up my phone? Yeah, Then
1: you look at your hand, and you're like, oh, I did, it is, to do this.
0: Like, yeah. or, you know, you're watching TV and like, You have to have your phone on you also, or just it when it just becomes this automatic thing is when I start going, Oh, I don't, I don't, I just don't want that to be an automatic thing. And so that's when I like put it in a drawer or put it away or something like that. So that's just my phone in general. That's if I'm finding that I kind of can't help it, then I'm like, I need to help it. Yeah. Um, And so that's that's kind of a trigger for me. One thing that I've been doing, and this is so counterintuitive. I, have been taking the biggest breaks from social media in times when I have probably the best stuff to post. So like on vacation. Yeah. So there was a time a couple of years ago, Carl and I went on a trip to Spain. Mm-hmm. And for the girls who have been in, in our community for a long time, you know, Spain is like a totally sacred place for me. It's where I met Jesus. It's, I mean, my whole life changed. Technically I met Jesus in Rome, but anyway, my whole life changed in Spain and I had wanted to go back for years and years. And this was the first time I was able to go back. And it was the first time that Carl and I were able to go together. And so I had like really, really high expectations for my time there. And I wanted to share about it a lot because I've talked about Spain so much. And I've talked about yeah. what God did in my life there so much that I wanted to, I, I, we had a week and I wanted it to be this really beautiful time for like me and God to connect. This time for me and Carl to connect. I had some work to do, but I also wanted to share about it. On social media because sure. I had it's beautiful and I had so much to say about it and within about 24 hours of being there I realized that all of those things couldn't fit in one week mm. and I realized that like I was looking at moments as like photo opportunities or caption oppor- like I was writing captions in my head instead of like praying or I was writing yeah. captions in my head instead of being present with Carl or I was yeah. like Picking the restaurant based on what would be more Instagrammable instead of what would be more delicious. Uh But I had one week in my favorite place on earth. Yeah. And and so I just decided that some things had to go. And it didn't mean that I stopped taking pictures. I still took a million pictures because I love documenting things. Yeah. But I just stopped posting them. And, And I ended up posting some, like, again, after the fact, like we talked about earlier. But that started something that I've done ever since. Like I, Carl and I've taken some really wonderful trips and I've never posted a single photo from them. And it's just because if I get one week, I want to, like, I have to decide how I want to spend it. And I just don't want to give an ounce of time to sharing it that takes away from my actually experiencing it. And so While it's kind of counterintuitive, like those are the times when I have like the best photos to share or the Mm -hmm. best stories to share, whatever. I I usually take breaks in the times that would be the most fun to share because I just want to experience it. That
1: makes so much sense. And it is so counterintuitive though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what about the comparison component of social media? There's always going to be someone who Seems to have it better than us, whether that's a better house, style, relationship, career, body. The list could go on. How do we hold on to the truth of who we are while we're scrolling through our feeds? I think the biggest
0: thing is knowing, is like doing a conversion in your head when you see a post, when you see someone post something like a, a perfect outfit photo or something on social media. Yeah, um, it's really easy. Our first thought is oh, wow, that person looks like this today, and I look like not that today. Yeah. And, you know, we have that thought about whatever the thing is. I think what we forget to take into account is what is happening in the rest of the frame. Like, you see the the square photo, but you don't see who's taking it. You don't see, like, what's around it. You don't see the circumstances. And through starting to just pay a little bit more attention to what happens when I take a cute photo, or what happens when i've you know I have friends who do styled shoots and things like what happened what that looks like in real life or just like starting to think about what that cute what it took to take that cute photo? Yeah, it makes it a whole lot less cute and yeah. a a lot easier to not compare yourself to it. So an example is the outfit posts most girls who have who are taking outfit photos are like a lot of them are getting paid for them, but that's a lot of pressure. Like, they have to deliver these photos a certain number. They have to look a certain way. And that's, like, that's their job, which automatically makes it way less fun and a lot more high pressure. Most of those photos are taken by a professional photographer. Most of them are taken all at once. They're not candid. And so someone will go out with a professional photographer with a whole bunch of outfits and for a couple hours walk around town Mm -hmm. and this happens in Nashville a lot Yes, (laughs) and do like a photo shoot, which Mm is awkward and which is, you know, exhausting. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of pressure. And there's an account called uh, influencers in the wild on Instagram. That's really honestly the best thing because it shows you like the crazy things that people go to, like Mm -hmm. the crazy extents that people go to, to get these perfect looking photos. And I think it just takes the facade off of all of it. Yeah. Um knowing the links that people go to and how unglamorous it is in real life, yeah. helps you understand that like this isn't just this candid moment where this person just happens to look this good. Yeah. Or like there's a photo, I don't know where I saw it, but it's this girl laying on her back and her head is in like it looks like she's swimming in a pool of flowers. And there's just like flowers floating in this water around her head. But then you zoom out and you see what's happening and her head's in a baby pool in, like, someone's front lawn. <laughs> and it's so awkward and she's uncomfortable and it's hilarious. And it's just totally contrived. It's not yeah. a real thing. Yeah. And so I think when we can can see some of the behind the scenes, we can understand that the people who are posting on Instagram are just like us. Mm-hmm. They're wearing sweatpants also. Their hair is also greasy and unwashed on top of their head. Like, whatever. The cute photo that they're posting, they took two months ago or two years ago with a professional photographer mm-hmm. along with all the other photos that they've posted this year. Yeah. So it's just all that to say, there's just no one's life looks perfect ever. No one's life is perfect. Yeah. And if it looks that way, like it took a lot of effort to make it look that way.
1: Yeah. And I always appreciate when people sort of give you a glimpse into that. I was thinking of, um, you know, that recording artist Halsey? Mm-hmm. She had a baby recently. I feel like you'll appreciate this. We're both postpartum. She was on SNL, I guess, a few weeks ago. And she, so she posted this whole thing about like, I was on SNL recently and I'm getting all these messages and all these like articles being written about like how amazing I look, my post baby body. And so she had this picture, she's like, I hope everyone knows that like you still look pregnant for a long time after you have a baby. So she posted like a series of pictures of her. She's like, after you push the baby out, you still look pregnant for a while. And like, Mm -hmm. here's a bunch of pictures of like my stomach and the way that it's looked different over the past few years. And she's like, if I looked different than you do postpartum. It's because I had a custom made suit tailored exactly to make my body look a certain way. And I sat in the chair where I was going to perform my song and they lighted me professionally for hours until I felt comfortable until I felt like I looked my best. And she said, but that's not real life. And I still have to go back home to my son and I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out too. So you saying that I look perfect is actually just so much pressure because I'm just trying my best just like any other mom out there. Yeah. And I was just like, yes, right there. Yeah. Like she's shining a light on, she's like, it's been out. like it took hours in a team of human beings yes. to have me look this way. And you saw me on stage from a distance for- you know, my 10 minute performance or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, so that that was like, I always love when there's that sort of perspective where we're like, Oh yeah, totally. Yes. Yes.
0: Everyone has the thing. Everyone like that person who looks, you know, there are like that person is wearing Spanx. Like Mm -hmm. they can't breathe very well because they have just like the tightest Spanx on just holding everything in or there are, I haven't even, I I downloaded one once and I played with it for like 10 minutes and then I deleted it instantly because I was like, I need to know what this is, but I need to not like dive into this whole, there are apps that truly change the way that you look, Yeah, like can totally alter the way that you look. And that's a lot of what's happening online, like filters and lighting and whatever. There's so much that goes into all this. It just is. And even like as much as a couple, you know, taking a cute photo of their brunch or whatever, by the time that photo gets taken and gets taken exactly right, first of all, they took like a hundred to get the one that they picked. Their food is cold. Yeah. Like there's, it's just not, no one's life looks instantly perfect like this. Yeah. And actually I would argue that there's a a pretty serious cost to, uh, there's sometimes a mild cost of like, your coffee's cold by the time you took a photo of it and posted it. Or there's a really serious cost of like, how much time or energy or effort or state like stock you're putting in looking a certain way online. And it's just, it's been really freeing to me to know that none of this is like, we're all just the same.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I would add that, like, it's also not so one dimensional that like, sometimes someone does take a beautiful photo at brunch in two seconds and it wasn't a whole photo shoot, but like, that doesn't mean that their whole life is easy and perfect. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Yeah, Like there's some people who are just naturally really beautiful and you see a beautiful person like, yeah, sometimes people are using filters or like adjusting the photo in a certain way, but like sometimes people are just like really naturally attractive, but that doesn't mean that their life is perfect. It doesn't mean that it's easy. They don't have this, like this like golden ticket. Yeah. And I feel like I think about that a lot. And like, this is a niche thing, but like in the mom community, like there's all this talk about like your post baby body and the kind of what we were just talking about with Halsey. And I feel like for me specifically, like that's not my thing that I struggle with is like losing baby weight. But like I lose all of my hair. Like I have huge bald patches and like I struggle with postpartum depression. I struggle with postpartum anxiety. So like, yeah, if I have a photo after I've had my kid where it does look like I've lost weight, like I'm Asian and my metabolism takes care of that. And like, that's an easy thing for me. But what's a really hard thing for me is that all of my hair falls out. Is that like, you know, I have trouble getting out of bed. Is that um, like I had trouble making enough milk for Asher. Like there's that sort of thing that it's like just because one thing and because it's Instagram, it's like just because the visual thing is good. It doesn't necessarily mean that it was edited, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that everything else is easy. And I think it's tough when you're like, you're only seeing the visual to attribute this like, life of perfection to someone because it's so one dimensional we will only have access to that one dimension. So I think that's important too.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that you said that. And it's, I mean, it's like Carl kind of called me out with following all those people and assuming that they all were good at all of these things. And it's like, no, just because you're just incredibly beautiful doesn't mean that your relationships are easy or doesn't mean that your childhood is easy or doesn't mean that you're not struggling in X, Y, Z ways. Like we all have our own bag of stuff yeah. and some of it's awesome and some of it's easy and some of it's really, really hard. Yeah. But no one, no one's life. if someone's life looks perfect on Instagram, that's not ever true. Yeah. It's just never true because mm-hmm. no one's life is perfect. Everyone yeah. else is just like yours, like really good and also really hard.
1: Yeah. Do you have any like last words of wisdom that you wanted to add as we're you're sort of nearing the end? Yeah. I think, um, my,
0: for a long time, I spent a lot of time wanting to keep up online and I don't know, like I just, a lot of my focus was, was what my life like looked like and if it looked right or good or good enough or whatever online. And in the past couple of years, I've started focusing just a lot more on my in-person life. mm mm-hmm and it's really important to me that if people were to see my in-person life that it would look and be better than what they see online yeah and if that's different if that's flipped then we have a really big problem yeah and so i i think that there that's just something i think about a lot is it's really important to me that my relationships are better than they look online yeah in real life that my that like my life is more fun in person than it looks online, and that I've better adventures in person than I it looks like I have online. And there's more encouragement and wisdom in my life and in my brain than I'm yeah. able to put online. And I, I just I don't want the best of me to live on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of a of like check in I do with myself every once in a while is just if it looks like Carl and I have an awesome marriage on Instagram, but really like we're not close and we fight a lot and it's just kind of ugly in person, like, that's a huge problem. Like, I just, I want everything in my life to be a lot better than it actually, than it appears online. Yeah. So that's just kind of a thing I've been thinking about. And I think that that's really just my overall encouragement is like, we get to think about this Mm -hmm. and we need to, because we're, years of our life are at stake. And a lot of our you know, I mean, it can be as serious as like depression and suicide. And I mean, there's a lot of really horrible things that can come if, you know, we have just a lot of voices in our head at the wrong time, Mm -hmm. you know, without some of the right voices in person. Um, But then it's just, it can be even, even as small as just like kind of having a crappy day. Mm -hmm. And we just, we have a lot, we can have a lot more say in it than we sometimes imagine. And so- it's been really freeing and encouraging and really like life-changing, but really just like day-changing for right, me yeah. to to make some more intentional decisions about what happens on my phone. And mm-hmm. so um, if you ever find yourself feeling small or just finding yourself kind of triggered in different ways or pushed in different directions or, you know, just kind of at the mercy of social media, then I don't know. I hope it's
1: encouraging to know that like, A, I've been there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then B, like, we don't have to stay there. Yeah. Totally. I think that's a great way to sum it up. So thanks for, thanks for letting me ask you all those questions. Thanks for being here, Mara. Thanks for taking over. And you guys,
0: thanks for being here. We just, I love you guys so much and I'm so grateful and honored to have you in our Girls' Night community. I love this. I love Girls' Night. So thanks for being part of it. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I'd love it if you do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure that you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take just a second to leave a rating and a review for the show. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and take a quick second to leave us a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It really would help us out so much. And thank you to all of you who have left those beautiful five-star reviews already. It means the world to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and it's our last one of the season. I cannot wait for you to hear it. I'll see you then.